Hey, what's going on? It's your boy Mac and Cheese bringing you another Super Lit Podcast. Today, I'm here in Dartmouth, Massachusetts with another special guest. We have a phenomenal story of perseverance and another miracle. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce my guest for the day. Um, her name is Cheryl, and uh, I'll let her tell you a little bit about herself before we get into her fabulous and tremendous story. Cheryl? Hi, um, happy to be here today supporting the cause of awareness for donation and um, transplant people. Um, we're a unique group and we're very blessed. Um, I thank you today, Mac and Cheese, for interviewing me and Absolutely. raising awareness. I'm very happy to share my story and we'll get into it with you get into it. All right, here we go. So, um, basically, uh, just tell everybody a little bit about yourself um, and then, you know, what you like to do and how and why you ultimately needed um, the blessings of a kidney transplant. Okay, let's get started. Um, basically, when I was 18, I was diagnosed with polycystic kidney disease. Okay. I'm also diagnosed with polycystic liver disease. That being said, um, I was told that by the age of 35, I would probably start to have some issues. And I was, it was correct. Um, and they also um, said that I would probably have to have dialysis by the age of 50. So around 36, problems started arising. 51, I was blessed with a transplant. Awesome. Um, the things that I love to do in life is well. Wait, wait, hold on. Before short. we get before we get into that, um, let's just go back and talk about your dialysis stage and whether or not your donor was a living donor um, or a deceased donor. As or I don't want to assume for anyone, but um, for all those who don't know, um, the kidney and the liver are two are the only two organs that can be donated via a living donor. Absolutely. Um, the liver, uh, a portion of the liver may be transplanted and it will regenerate um, with the individual it's been transplanted to. Um, and all factors are going well, um, the liver will grow as does uh, the individual's placed in. Now, I'll let you get into the living uh, or deceased kidney donation um, a little further, but I just wanted to clarify that for the listeners. So. Sure, give me a path to take. Absolutely. <laughs> so basically, um, I started, um, I was told that I'm going to be needing uh, dialysis soon. I was stage four, and um, I decided to get back into martial arts to fight okay. for my life. Awesome. And it kept me sane, it kept me healthy, it kept me positive. Um, I have a loving family, but I also have a loving Temple family that supports me. That is um, not just in my individual dojo, but throughout the country and internationally. So now, before you go into it, and I didn't mean to cut you off, you mentioned your support. Now, for those who don't know, your support family, your support friends, but your support circle during this time is one of the biggest and possibly the 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 key component Amen. to a successful transplant. Because you can have the smartest doctors, um, the best medications, but without the people that really know you, 
know your fight and understand what you've been through to that point, your transplant has been successful. So elaborate on your support. You mentioned something about the comp Campo. Campo, yes. Campo, explain a little bit um, about that, what it, what that is to the people. Um, but before we get into that, I'm just gonna do a quick station ID. Absolutely. Today's show is being brought to you by Jersey Smoke Shop, 2184 Route 130 North, North Brunswick, New Jersey. Come check me out. One-stop shop for everything. Stay lady and stay lost. Shaboy. <laughs> so, um, your support system. Absolutely. Um, key also is to stay positive at all times. Absolutely. And without a support system, obviously that's a little bit more difficult, especially for some people. I was very, very blessed. Um, I do martial arts, and I got back into it after taking a little bit of a break and um, was very welcomed by the people that I love and love to work with. I work with children, which awesome. is like instant gratification as soon as you walk in the door. And I'll admit, um, when it got to dialysis, I did take a little tiny bit of a break, but honestly not much. I couldn't take it. I had to be with my people. So now, what was that dialysis process like? With Diana, the, and you don't have to give. You share what you, you know, what I will gladly with. share. Because to me, I was told, because of my condition, because of my rare blood type, and because I had so many transfusions that I was probably not going to get a match. If I did, it might be within 10 years. If so I was lucky. So positive? You too. High five. There we you, go. You had the, the exempt status as well, huh? Yeah. So like there we go. There we go. go. So we're extra blessed, right? Absolutely. So that being said, um, it was it was it was a rough go of it, and I said, you know what? I'm gonna handle this like a boss. Word. This like is my boss. This is you my job. Like boss. This is my job. I need to live. This Absolutely. is my job. You know Absolutely. what I mean? And um, I I need me. My family needs me. And I'm not done living yet. So I can give up, cry on the couch, or I can get my butt up and be active. In the beginning, my husband wanted to take me to dialysis. He mm -hmm. wanted to pick me up from dialysis. And everybody was a little bit overhand. I said, no, back up, back off. I need to do this for myself. So luckily, my insurance paid for a local bus to pick me up. Nice. Which was also cool because in the wintertime, if it snowed, <laughs> I had priority that my, my whole street would get um, cleaned for my neighbors. Um, that being said, I would go early in the morning and I would um, pack my own lunch, play with my dogs, have a little breakfast. Bus would pick me up, talk to all my little buddies on the bus. How are you? How's it going? Good day, good day. Get inside. Again, sit down against my little friends that I sit next to in our little pod there. And um, good morning, good morning. Share what happened since last treatment. Get hooked up. Sit down with my big old Jethro lunch. I'll call it Jethro lunch because I ate like 200 pound man and I was only a ton and 20 pounds. But I put that stuff away. Right. Now that being said, a lot of people have a hard time eating during dialysis. I was not one. <laughs> and then... Um, I'll admit, I would get Benadryl, and then put my headphones in, put the TV on, knock out, wake up, scrounge for whatever I had left to eat, wait for my treatment, be done. I would have my husband pick me up, because I didn't think it was wise to drive, mm -hmm. and the bus ride home could be a little bit longer, and I was tired sometimes, so that being said, it was easier to be picked up, so I did allow that. 
but most of the time it was like, I'm so hungry, bring me something <laughs> before you get it. I hear it. Because I would eat like so much, guy. Oh my gosh. People couldn't believe how much I would eat. But, um, and then I would go home. A lot of times I would take a little nap, and then my husband would bring me to the dojo. Um, most days I was able to go. Sometimes I couldn't participate. Um, but I would be able to see the kids. I, I was also the office manager, so I'm behind my desk all the time. Mm -hmm. um, but I also get on the mat with the kids and from my own class. And a friend would bring me home. And um, people, everybody just took care of me. But let me be my own person and didn't like try to control, you know, including my kids. Absolutely. They'd be a little bit, you know, mom, you gotta be, the only time I, kind of got told I couldn't do something was when I wanted to go skiing and my daughter said, Mom, you have a fish store. Oh, yeah. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. Unless yeah. you're willing to run across my living room and slam into the wall and let's see what happens. I don't think it's a good idea. Yeah, no, nah, we, we don't want to do any of that. But I do have a, a very interesting question for you. Sure. So, during my whole transplant journey, I'd like to call it, I um, had to have peritoneal dialysis that went in through my neck. Long story short, I didn't even have the energy to pick up a spoon or fork. How, how was your energy level after dialysis? How many hours uh, per day, how many days a week? Like, what was your dialysis schedule like and how was that, how did that affect you in the dojo when it was time to either um, assist with the kids or even run your own classes? Right. Um, basically, um, diet is key. Okay. I had hemo, obviously. Right. Um, most people, when I, I also traveled during this time. I would go to karate seminars out of state. Oh, wow. Um, I would, my numbers were so well because I followed my diet so well. So diet is key. Diet is key. It is number one. That fluid intake is not a joke. It will Seriously. destroy you. Mm -hmm. It will destroy you. Take everything that you can get. So be patient and just tough it out. You know what I mean? It's something that, it's a one thing that you have to give up, but you can have so much more. You can have life, you can have energy, you know? And, and that being said, everybody has their own journey. Everybody has their own fight. And again, being in the, in the right headspace is very, very important. Um, but what I would do was, um, because I was able to maintain my, my diet so well, I was able to cut my time. And I could have got to, I was at three, um, three hours and 40. At first I started at four hours, three times a week. And then I was at three hours and 45. And then they wanted to put me to 3.30. And then they wanted to put me to three hours and 15. I said, nope, back up the truck. It's okay, I can stay here. I'd rather get this now and keep cleaning my kidneys because for me, I might have been a little tired, but I felt good. I had been good to remember for so many years, I had felt like crap because I had so much garbage in my blood. And it, it just, to me, honestly, sometimes I'd be like, wow, just, you know, it should be a thing that you can go in every once in a while, just get cleaned out. <laughs> Honest to God, because you just feel so much, so much better, better right. when, you're, when your body is clean. 
So, I mean, I was able to actually, because I would do Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, and I would travel sometimes for the weekends for seminars, martial arts seminars. Okay. And so what I would do is I do Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, be able to travel, come back on the Sunday, take my regular dialysis Monday, Wednesday, Friday again, and rotate and when the next seminar came, booked the flight. So you was like the Bionic Woman before transplant. <laughs> I tried, I tried to be. God but. bless you. I mean, and for those of you who are or who will be listening via audio and you can't see, I mean, she's like a five foot giant. Uh, from, <laughs> from the moment like we met, the personality was like seven feet, you know, and it's great to see someone like myself who's been through such a traumatic experience um a life trying journey and who's able to just get up every morning put a smile on their face no matter what obstacles they face and i guess that for me is the motivation for the podcast for the organization and for a lot of things that i do now um, since I've had the blessings of my very own heart and liver transplant. And I'm sure you feel the same way. Amen. Yes, I do. Absolutely. So now, two. Well, before we get into the fun stuff, because there's some fun stuff backed up, but also with education behind it. But before we get into that, behind the scenes, um, we started talking about um, a gentleman that was very influential or very big in the support. So I definitely want to talk about that because, yo, it was getting good. I had to stop her because she was about to go in and I saw all the passion and the emotion. So I said, hold on, let's get this. So I'm going to shut up and I want you to just start from the beginning of wherever you'd like and just tell us a little bit about that. Okay. As I said, I have a history in martial arts. That being said, it isn't my first rodeo. I have been involved since I was 14 years old. I'm 57 now. <laughs> but, um, that being 37, said, yo. Yeah, that's right. 40's the new 20. That's right. 50's the new 30. Amen. You know what I mean? Hello. There you go. See? Um, but um, that being said, this man has been important in my life in, in martial arts for close to 30 years. So he was a true blessing. He trained me, he trained my children, um, and he was a friend. And he was a humble person, but he was a grandmaster that was well known through internationally. Has been training um, a lot of important people for a lot of years. That being said, he's a very humble man, very loving. He had his own journey and um, had to go through dialysis. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, had lost his soul weapons, he'd be in his hands and his feet. That being said, his spirit still fought. He still trained people. He still coached people. Wow. He would still get out into the boys' clubs and the girls' clubs and tr and train from his wheelchair. And and you know, obviously, our advanced students or people that have trained in the past would go to him for privates. He knows what he needs to see. And if you can't follow directions, then you know, obviously, if you're at that level to train with him, you get it. It's like following a recipe. You know, you do this, you do that, amen. Okay, you're good, you're not, that's not good. You know, correction. Okay, that being said, very important in my life. As I mentioned, I would go to these seminars. Every year, we would have a fundraiser for his hospital stay, for his, for his health care. And um, sadly, on April 11th, 2018, he passed. And... June 3rd, mm -hmm. we were having a, we were supposed to have a, a fundraiser for his medical. It ended up being a memorial instead to help pay for his final expenses. 
And I, of course, had planned on going. I mean, you know, it was no question. And that being said, um, the week of, something just told me, you shouldn't go. Just don't go. And I told my husband, and he says, are you okay? Like, what's wrong with you? This is for Mr. Frank. Frank Trejo, by the way. Big shout. <laughs> Big shout for Mr. Shout. Frank. Amen, sir. Um, thank you for everything you did. Um, and still do. Amen. Rest in peace. Um, and I was like, yeah, so I'm just telling me I need to stay home. Those are the people that know me know I'm very spiritual. I'm very, you know, I believe in God, but I'm also very spiritual. I'm open to signs and that being said. Um, I didn't go. The day um, Henry rolls the second of, um, I mean the third, I apologize, of June. And I get this call at 11.06 a.m. Mm -hmm. And I was on the phone on my cell phone with my daughter. And my husband says, hey, it's best. I know you should take it. And I'm like, oh, it's probably a blood work. He said, it's a Saturday. You should really take this. I said, okay. So I took it. And it was this beautiful woman. I can't even remember her name. But she said, hi, is this Cheryl? And I said, yes. And she says, I'd like to offer you the gift of life. And I said, oh, oh no, you're, you're wrong. It's only been two years. It, it can't be me. Um, you must have me mixed up with somebody. She goes, oh, no, sweetie, it's you. I'm like, no, but I didn't even go for my classes to know what I'm supposed to do yet. She goes, you just need to show up. You just need to give me an answer and be there. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. Um, are you sure you have the right person? Like, what's my name? I questioned her everything. I mean, the woman called me, for God's sake. She Absolutely. knew my name. Yes. But she repeated everything very kindly and said, it's okay. I understand you're in shock. I said, okay, I need to talk to my husband. She says, please call me right back. I said, oh, I'll call you back. And I, you know, obviously I did. Um, but the unique thing, and I'll get into how when we told the family, but the unique thing was at that exact time, everybody in that seminar was bowing in for the first class. Mm -hmm. So while they were bowing in, I was getting my phone call. So his spirit told me to stay put. Do not go to Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. Stay put. Get what you deserve. So I know that, I feel that, I believe that, and nobody will ever tell me anything different. Anything different. Amen. You know, and then when um, my poor husband had a handload of towels, he had just nicely folded, and I came out <laughs> of the room, and I said, "Hun," and he goes, well, I said, I have a kidney, and he just basically dropped the towels, grabbed his head, and started crying. I was like, and we hugged, and... And then I said, he goes, okay, so we have to get to Boston. I said, well, I have to take a shower. I have to pack. And he says, um, just move. And I'm like, oh, I got to call a lady back. He goes, what? <laughs> he said, call the lady. So I called her back. And she said, okay, thank goodness you called. Get here as soon as you can. So I had um, called my children, and one of them being the one that I had just been talking to, she was in Martha's Vineyard, mm -hmm. um, doing some runs, out, walking outside, running errands. And uh, for the business, and I called her back. I said, you're not going to believe it, what Mass General wanted. She said, what? I said, I have a kidney. And she said, oh, my God, Mommy, oh, my God. Oh my. And she just started crying and crying. I said, it's okay, honey. I said, where were I? She goes, I don't know. And I'm like, what do you mean you don't know? She goes, I'm in the middle of the street. And I'm like, get out of the middle of the street. So I felt, oh, my goodness, how am I going to approach people? This is okay. So she was okay, and she ended up taking a boat, no, a plane and an Uber and all kinds of stuff to get to Boston. Just to get there. And um, my other daughter was in Vermont at the time. 
had a little trouble getting a hold of her because of the service in that area. But when she got it, she was basically like, okay, so we're doing this. So what's happening? This is for real. So this is what we're going to do. So we're really going to take put things in my mom. Like, we've been saying this for years that we're going to get parts on the internet. I don't know where this part's coming from, but we're definitely going to do this today. And she got there. So the whole family was there. And um, I did all the testing. I had to do a final round of dialysis. And, you know, I'm sure you remember doing a brain scan. Absolutely. To make sure there's no, you know, anything else happening with you. Blood work up, a up lot of blood. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank God for the port cap That's all I'm saying. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. Absolutely. And, um, yeah. And then fast forward a few hours later, I, um, they said we're going to do the surgery at 9 a.m. It was somebody that was on life support. Okay. Sadly, um, for them, grateful for me. One thing that I can say also, as I always put it in the hands of God, because people Absolutely. would say to me, why don't you do these posters? Why don't you make advertisements? I said, because the only one that needs to know already knows. And if I'm meant to have it, it will be. And if it doesn't, that's okay. I've had a good life. I used to tell people that all the time. And people all would look time. at me, but no, let me donate. Let me. I'm like, no. It's not meant for you to. So just please stop asking. I appreciate your love. Support me now. That's all I need. You know. Absolutely. And then um, the kid. Everybody was there early in the morning. We went in for the procedure. And How long was it? They said it was, they said it was going to be six hours, and so it was kind of funny because um, my family was in the in the room waiting, and um, they came back after three hours. And oh wow! My husband, because it was you know these doctors nowadays are so young and intelligent. Absolutely. Um, he came out and said uh, my husband just assumed it was an update because it only been three. They had said possibly five six hours. They said, just want to let you know everything's good. She's all set. Kidney's functioning fine. It started within seconds. It's amazing. Blah, blah, blah. Um, congratulations. And so my husband's like, whoa, wait a minute. Um, like, you mean like everything's connected? Like everything's, like she's all set. Like she's completely, and says, yeah, she's, she's done, sir. We're bringing her to recovery. So, but, but, but they said six hours. And he's like, sir, it didn't take six hours. <laughs> He says, I can, he goes, are you sure? And he goes, he showed his badge. He said, sir, I am the surgeon. I can assure you that everything is, is done and she's doing amazing. So, and then my um, family stayed with me um, for a little while. Then they let me rest. Um, fast forward to the evening. Again, my friend, Mr. Frank, comes into the picture. Um, now, we all know you're a little woozy because you got a little bit of rotation oh, yeah. happening, you know. Absolutely. And um, they had... Um, I had, um, you were in a locked unit, you know how this is, mm -hmm. there ain't nothing coming in, nothing, nothing coming out, out. Nope. no air, no nothing. nothing. <laughs> so, that being said, I was having a little bit of discomfort, and all of a sudden I see this huge black moth in my room that flew to the TV, and was in front of it to get my attention, and I'm like, Mr. Frank, is that you? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you don't know buzzing, but is that, no, it's him. I could feel it, I knew. And then the nurse came in, because I had, like I said, hit the buzzer. And she said, oh my goodness, this giant moth, where did this come from? And she went to pick up a box of tissues, and then she went to whack it. She goes, I don't think I should do that. She said, I think that's, a I said, yes, I know who that is. And I explained to her, and she said, wow, that's crazy. I said, yeah, he told me not to go to his thing. I said, I got the call when they bowed into his class. I said, now he's let me know that he's here for me. And she said, this is insane. She said, I've never seen any type of insect or bug. 
and um, fast forward, like fast forward, every time I got in pain, I was like a little discomfort because it stayed above my head. And then every time I got a little discomfort, it would fly in front of the TV. It's like I'm here. So 12 hours went in and I was like, you know what? I really need to get up. Please let me get up. You know how that feels. You just mm -hmm. want to get up, you know? Just please put your feet on the floor. And they're like, honey, it's been a little bit too soon. I really think that you need to wait. And I'm like, please, just let me stand. And she said, okay, we'll put you to the edge of the bed. And she put me to the edge of the bed. That moth came down, went around my body, around my feet, and back up where I could see it. And she was like, wow. And I just said, can I try to walk? And she says, okay, but I don't want you to go any further than the door. And when I got to the door, I said, can I go a little further? And she said, I guess so, because let's, I'm here with you, let's go. So getting out into the hallway, of course, all the other nurses were aware that this girl just got out of surgery. And here I am walking two rooms past my room and said, okay, I think that's enough. I'll turn around and go back. And they were like, what's going on? Hey, like, hey, hey, do you know, like she just had, she goes, I know, I don't understand. She wants to go for a walk. So she's going. And they put her back in bed. I felt a lot better. But it, that moth stayed with me for two days, never even went to the other side of the room did not leave my room until I was finally giving me okay on the Tuesday night if you can continue walking you can go home in the morning and I went out there of course with my ID pole you know I know how it is in, right absolutely no holding on to the pole like hey how you doing so say it was 30 seconds ago great I'll see you in 30 seconds you know and just kept going it flew out now the nurses were aware of what happened and there was this wonderful um, kid that used to answer the, the intercom. He was um, so sweet, very nice gentleman. And um, he heard the story, so he's seen it fly out of my room. He got like one of the little paper bags and put it in it, brought it outside and set it free. Wow, that just gave me chills. I know, right? That gave me chills. Because it's true. Now you want to see a bunch of Sorry, dudes, I'm throwing you under the bus. All my brothers on the International Brotherhood of Temple, I'm just saying. <laughs> when I told this story for the first time, you never seen so many adult men, strong black belts, strong people yeah. that just cried like babies. Because that's different. That, yeah. And that's real. Oh, yeah, for that's real. That's real. Yeah, it is. And I felt it, and I knew it, and it, and I'm at peace with it, and I will... I will never question that. Amen to that. Amen to that. That that is a tremendous, tremendous story. Yeah. And thank God you're here. Thank you, Mr. Frank. She uh wow. I you know, I, I I'm choked. You know what I mean? I don't even know what to say, but wow. It's hard for me. I can finally get through wow. without crying. You know, wow, I can finally get uh, get through without crying, but it took me a little while because it's. Uh, but I think because it brings me so much joy mm -hmm. of how it went down. That that's why it's a little easier to tell. It's just I feel it's a little inspirational. And that's I, amazing, I don't. Yeah. You're not the first person that said, "Wow, I just got chills because the spirit just went through you." So that that's amazing. It's amazing. God bless you. So you mentioned something during that that I want to touch about. So. You mentioned your daughter and the business. Now, just from talking to you behind the scenes, I know a little bit more, and I'm leading you in that direction. Right. So, let's talk about your daughter and the business and how life has been post-transplant. Life post-transplant has been um, awesome. It's been awesome, you know. Um, 
I do um, I do have occasional pain. Um, I do tend to use a lot of CBD products for that. I do. I'm a firm believer in CBD. The only thing I suggest is that you check with your distributor. Do you want to look for stuff that is pure, uh, as pure and as clean as possible as a transplantation? Absolutely. So that is um, sadly the medical community will sometimes still try to steer you away because there's not enough known. That being said, I can tell you from my experience that my blood work has improved, my sleep has improved, my energy has improved. I mean, I, I, I can't say that it has hurt me, it has helped me. I mean, I have a lot of arthritis and I can't, you know, and I don't want to be taking pain medications and things that are just going to clog up my system and hurt, you know, my new kidney, we call her Sherry. She's been named, she has a name. So we don't want to hurt Sherry, so we need to just be careful what we put in our bodies. And Absolutely. So, you know, um, also sometimes, you know, with nausea, you know, a little bit of THC uh, doesn't hurt anybody. Um, I'm a firm believer, pre and post, that, um, and I actually was recommended from my doctor to be able to do this. That being said, um, my daughter is, um, and my son-in-law, um, Owned the, um, opened the first dispensary in Maine. Um, first rec, uh, first medical, I should say. First medical. They have now previously opened uh, rec, and it's it's going extremely well. They help a lot of people. Um, they do a lot of. My daughter owns her own edible company. This is creator of the actual product, all the science that goes behind it. Um, and she's extremely. OCD, finicky, and like even how a lot of these candy bars, if you go to dispensaries, they're made with like the little milk chocolates that I can get at AC Moore or <laughs> oh, I shouldn't be saying other businesses, but other, you know, places that you could buy, you know, little um, candies and just melts, you know. She uses gourmet chocolate, she uses the gourmet, whether it's Real nuts good. and all these other products, and her stuff is very high quality and, and well loved. You know, absolutely. that loves and will receive. So absolutely. So what? Um, how long has? Uh, well, the name of her business. The, the name of the business is Kind Farms. It's in Berwick, Maine. Okay. And how long have they been established? Um, and also, with that, uh, do they take online orders? How are, how can they be reached? Um, and just give some, you know, welcome. Um, well, they do have an Instagram. You can look them up at Kind Farms, and you can also look up Kind Farms Confections. Those are both two of their websites. Um, they have, oh, geez, I'm terrible. Uh, I think it, what, three years? At three least. Years. At least. Um, might be four. Because, mm -hmm. um, where are we? Where are it was right around COVID, yeah. So, oh, okay. Yeah, actually, no, they did sell before. So, I think it was before COVID. It's probably like 2019. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't know you were going to throw that one. I mean, I've been more prepared. But, uh, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> but, um, you can find them on Instagram and follow them. And, um, as far as online orders, um, I believe as long as you pick up, they can do online orders. As far as delivery, I'm not quite sure how that's working. I know a lot of things are changing with the laws right now. Okay. So that is something that is being worked on. They have extended their hours for your convenience. That's awesome. There and, you go. And, um, you know, they're an easy find um, if you're in Massachusetts, so two hours away. All right. So I just have pretty much one more question. And this... This question is for all my listeners who 
asked me, you know, what goes into either a smoke shop or, in your case, a farm. And I know, you know, you have a lot of hands on there, but what is like an average day like um, at the farm? Okay, well, it's called Kind Farms, but it is a dispensary. Okay, so, dispensary. So they do sell all your products. Okay. You know, everything from, you know, from flour to... But I mean, um, like, on a on a behind-the-scenes, like, without diving into the business. Like, I know me, um, as a partner, I there are certain things that, you know, on a daily basis, other than helping the customers and making sure everything's out for display... You know, I'm checking in with vendors. I'm making oh, sure absolutely. we have orders. What's coming in next? Oh, yeah. um, making sure all the product that's ready to go out, the dates are right. If we have anything that needs to be or anything perishable, what have you? So yeah, you you nailed all that. <laughs> that's, they're very very um, organized. They have a big crew. They awesome. have um, an awesome crew, and they are very detailed on every single thing. They are like ahead of the game. Um, they just put in a new. Um, Oh, I don't know what it's called. Um, basically, they just developed their own system where they can, um, and they got the laws um, approved, or the license approved, I should say, so they can start uh, growing their own product to sell in their own store. Oh, nice. Because at this point, they, like all other dispensaries, they've been just taking product from right, other right. Cover growers. Oh, so they have the cultivation license. Thank you. That's what I was saying. Thank you. Yeah, and they, and they awesome. built their own cultivation center attached to the dispensaries, and they are side by side. You've got medical on one side and recreation on the other, and then you're gonna have the cultivation center. And there is a lot that goes on behind um, behind the scenes, as you just said, all that good stuff. You know what I mean? The bookkeeping is, you know, and all that kind of stuff. They constantly order and product. And the the candy company is the confectionery company is a totally different company. Sold through them, however, it is still a separate. Enterprise. So that is, you know, so you're constantly reaching out to new vendors. Um, obviously, you do, you know, fairs, you do um, uh, different types of uh, conventions to not only learn about other products in other places and other ways of packaging. Um, we're constantly developing. My daughter's here does, um, and my son in law do their own packaging, they do their own designs, they do their own graphics, they do everything, everything. from A to Z is done from them. Or their crew that has been very specifically trained, and uh, so they're good people. That's remarkable. That's remarkable. So it's 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 big business. It's great. big business. Yeah, That's and they're great. doing real well. That's why mom's going Puerto Rico in February. Just saying. Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Look out, bro. Puerto Rico. I'm on my way. Look out. She's coming. She's coming. I want to thank you so much for coming and being a guest on the show today. Uh, it was a pleasure meeting you. Like I said, you have a huge personality, a huge heart. Uh, I'm so inspired. I'm motivated even more by you. And hopefully um, one day we can, you know, connect with your daughter and maybe take a little tour for the people, show them, show them the dispensary. And um, yeah, in the meantime, between time, it's your boy Mac and Cheese. It's your girl Cheryl. Stay Lydia, stay lost. Another great show. I'll see you again. Mac and Cheese out. <laughs>